Welcome to the Dr. Renee Frazier Show. Why women? I'm Renee Frazier, a psychologist and owner and founder of Frazier Communications, one of the largest women-owned and women-led advertising and marketing firms in Los Angeles. We do work for L.A. Department of Water and Power, Clean Energy, as well as uh, the state of California, advertising and making people aware of programs related to opioid uh, prevention, and many, many, many other areas, including the Department of Public Health here in Los Angeles, as we work with them to get people to stop smoking and to be able to get free services in their home for lead paint remediation. But today we're really talking about the show, Why Women? I have two wonderful guests on our show today. I will be introducing you to in just a moment. We're in the midst of May of a mental health month, and there's a lot of concern about mental health and wellness, as there's very much, very well should be, given the times that we are in. I have read recently that about 50% of Americans will be diagnosed with some kind of mental health condition at least once in their lifetime. And the most recent statistic for women is 27% have been diagnosed with a mental health issue. Well, I have two women that are healthy and strong here, but they understand what mental health means and why it's so important. And they have insights to share on, as I like to say, how to lead and succeed and do that sometimes through difficult times. So I'm going to introduce the two women and then we'll jump right in and ask them a little bit about the path they took to their career. Uh, The two people are Danita Willoughby, who is CEO of the newly announced Big Energy Group. That's BigEnergyGroup.com, a inspirational, motivational speaking service, as well as wonderful coaching. Danita, please say hello to the group and tell us what Big Energy is, and then we'll turn it over to Michelle. Thank you, Renee. It's great to be here with you today. So last week, we launched Big Energy Group. It's an executive consulting and motivational speaking company. Wonderful. And we'll, we'll talk more about that, I'm sure, as we as we fill out the hour. And then I wanted to introduce uh, your compatriot here. Yes. And I, I've heard the two of them speak. I was very, very moved by it. Thank I you. know you're going to enjoy. This is Michelle Cooley Strickland. Michelle, like myself, is a psychologist, but she's a clinical psychologist. I'm a social psychologist and a project scientist. She's at the Center for Culture, Trauma, Mental Health Disparities, the Department of Psychiatry and Biobehavioral Science at UCLA, the David Geffen School of Medicine. Welcome to the show, Michelle. Thank you. So excited to be here and with a fellow psychologist. Uh, So much of the world needs to be better understood, and I think we are trained to help people to achieve that. So thanks for having us on. Happy to do this, and I agree with you. You know, in the advertising and marketing business, understanding what motivates people, uh, what's important to them in terms of their values, all of that feeds into the consumer psyche and the mindset that uh, is a basis for so many of the campaigns that we do. I'm proud to say that. And I may share a couple as we talk, but let's start with the backstories for each of you. I'll I'll start with you, Janita. I'd love to hear, I've known you for many years in your career at SoCal Gas and and obviously at the Chamber of Commerce. Give us your pathway and from a personal perspective, I'm curious how you got to where you are and did you ever expect it? Thank you, Renee. I'll start off. Uh, I am a mom, a wife, a pescatarian, a Peloton enthusiast, an eternal optimist. I was born in Chicago, very middle class family. My parents were 
teenagers when I was born, but I will say they were wise beyond their years. They raised us, my brother and sister and myself, with really strong values that I would say were rooted in education, hard work, and helping others. And that really set a strong foundation for me. Um, My mom had a lot of influence on me. I watched her raise children, be a wife, work full-time, go to school full-time. Both my parents went and got graduate degrees. And so they set the bar really high for us and always taught us when we showed up to really bring our A game. So I would say for me, it started really young. And they told me that I could go and do and be whatever I wanted to go and do and be. But it really was me seeing people in action. Um, I had a black woman that was at the University of Wisconsin-Madison that was on loan from IBM. It was executive loan program for a minority engineering program. And she was a, an executive at IBM. And I was like, wow, I could maybe go be an executive right. at IBM. And she had such an influence on me that actually when I graduated from college, I went to work at IBM. Oh, my. Wow. And um, it was it was an incredible career. I worked at IBM. I went to business school. I then um, spent time at Morgan Stanley at AT&T. Well, it started off Pacbell, SBC, then AT&T. And then I was an executive also at Semper. So I've had a great career running sales organizations, service organization. I've launched new products. I've run supply chain for Sempra, both at SoCal Gas and San Diego Gas and Electric. I've overseen our real estate portfolio. So I've had a very uh, fulfilling career. I will say that I've had great mentors and great coaches, people that have helped me along the way. And so I always encourage others to pause and not be afraid to ask for help, to ask for guidance, to be inspired by what other people have done, but to also learn from other people's mistakes and your own mistakes and somehow welcome failure. Like if you haven't failed in life, if you haven't fallen down, if you haven't stumbled, you really haven't lived. That's right. That's right. You know, that's more popular now than ever before. But I talk a lot on the show about vulnerability and how that's a sign of a a really strong leader. So I appreciate that. I think I also want to echo uh, Gina Davis has a phrase, you know, she and her Davis Institute monitor the incidents of women on Mm -hmm. television and movies. And as she says, if you can't see it, you can't be it. So when you see a woman, then you know you can, or a man in this, you know, it depends on the situation, but then you understand. And what a remarkable thing that woman at IBM was a role model for you and inspiration, which I think is fantastic. Well, Michelle, what about you? What was your path? Boy, oh boy. Um, Family is consistent between the two of us Mm -hmm. in terms of having a really, really strong foundation upon which to explore this world. And I know you were a daddy's girl. I was a daddy's girl (laughs) through and through. Uh, Dr. Renee, I would imagine that you probably were as well. I was, yes. (laughs) I remember my father would say, Shelly, you have the horsepower. And it would. I would kind of fly under the radar because I'm one of three as well. I have an older sister and a younger brother. My sister's a year and nine months ahead of me. And she was the straight A student. I mean, just, I, I remember getting, oh Lord, you know how you got interim grades uh, and they would send them home. It wouldn't be mailed. It would send home. And it was in history. It was in world history with this professor, teacher, 
Mr. Pierman, and he gave me a freaking F. Oh my gosh! And I, and he and he circled it, and I was like, Oh my gosh! My parents are going to kill, kill me, me. <laughs> and I won't be able to cheer on Friday night's game, and I won't be able to go to Saturday night's party because that was my thing. I made decent enough grades that I wouldn't get in trouble, but I really majored in social life because just doing lots of extracurriculars. I was an athlete, cheerleading track, and uh, I did student council. Uh, and I did. Um, I worked at McDonald's, which at that time was very a prestigious thing to work mm-hmm. ten hours a week. Sure. And, um, I was very, very active, and um, my parents were okay with it as long as I maintained a good average. And the problem was that Mr. Pierman would just give all these freaking pop quizzes. <laughs> so oh no! He was killing me with the pop quizzes. So I uh, am also an artist. So I, I creatively. <laughs> turned that F into an A. And my parents didn't realize that the circle, they thought that was a celebration, the fact that he he had circled my A. um, And I buckled down after that. And I realized, you know what, I can't fool with this. Mm -hmm. I can't fool with this. So um, I actually did well enough uh, to get into the University of Virginia, which is where I got my bachelor's, my master's, and my PhD. So that's where I had lived the longest until mm-hmm. I've actually landed in L.A., so nine years there in Charlottesville. But backtracking, my my, my Charlottesville, University of Virginia, is, is part of my history, in part because I'm related to Thomas Jefferson through Sally Hemings and Thomas Jefferson. Oh, yes. And my father went to JAG school, Judge Advocate General School there at UVA, uh, after we returned from Europe, I w- he was in the military. He was a uh, lieutenant colonel in the military and a military judge and a lawyer before becoming a judge. And uh, I was born in France. Oh, my so goodness. We what traveled a passion. You a like lot. Thomas Jefferson also. <laughs> <right>? Exactly. <laughs> I traveled to France. That's exactly. Wow. He was the ambassador <laughs> there. Uh, but my family traveled a lot. We did a lot together. And we would be gone almost every weekend. We went to most of the states in the United States and tra- traveled internationally. And that is before any type of cell phone or electronic device or mm-hmm. even bebop, bebop, whatever the, the mm-hmm. handheld things were. So I read a lot. Mm-hmm. I read a lot because it was my escape. I'm the middle child. So, you know, I got it from both ends and it would it would be a way to pass time, but also go on an adventure. And adventures, I think, are essential for us to staying young and engaged mm-hmm. in this world You're and right. escapism is a way that we can cope sometimes with things that are today is not good but we can look for tomorrow and recognize yes. other people's tomorrows uh, so I, I think having that foundation and in, in, in reading and literacy and 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 a, and a passion for learning helped to feed me and wanting to earn my PhD. I I'm decided gonna, I'm going to have to hold it there because oh. we're going to take a break in just one quick. second, okay. Michelle. But love this and the gems you both have offered. I hope our listeners with children are listening. Okay, yeah. travel. And I have to say, adventure. When I send birthday cards to all my employees, I always say, I hope you have a lot of adventure Excellent. in this year because I think you're right. Exploring new things is so important. And talking about exploring, we're going to talk in the next segment about some of the issues we all face and the difficult times women have had through the pandemic, how it impacted us. So I hope our listeners will stay tuned. You're listening to the Dr. Renee Frazier Show. Why Women on KABC 790. You're going to hear news and traffic. They come back to learn some more specific tips about how to deal with the troubles we face in our times. (music) 
Welcome back to the Dr. Renee Frazier Show, Why Women. We're talking about issues we deal with, mental stresses, mental health issues, with two women who are very inspiring and have been through very difficult times. We have Danita Willoughby, who is head of the Big Energy Group, and a wonderful psychologist, Michelle Cooley-Strickland, who's a psychologist and project scientist at UCLA School of Medicine. We were talking about their personal histories and both shared their common experiences and looking back at their family, how important those things are to them. I, I know that when your your family sets so much of a pattern, it's interesting because I don't think you see it until you get older. Mm-hmm. I, I know I talk to young people in their early 20s, and I'm not like my mother. I'm not going to do it my fault. But in reality, you see that those traces are there in your lives. And when you, when you look at the people who've influenced you, Danita, you've had some remarkable people in your life. Who's played the biggest role or several people who've played a big role in terms of inspiring you or influencing your decisions? So personally, I would say my mother has had a very strong influence on me. Watching her raise three children, be a wife, work full time, go to school full time and didn't have a lot of resources. You know, she could drop us off at my grandmother's house, but didn't have a housekeeper. She was, we were the housekeepers. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> and so it taught me that planning was very important. It taught me setting priorities was very important. And it just taught me that if you worked really hard, you could have a lot of success, right? And mm-hmm. so my father used to say, the harder you work, the luckier you are. And that really mm-hmm. meant a lot to mm-hmm. me. And so seeing my mother juggle all these balls said to me, I, I can juggle a lot of balls. But I was wise enough to watch other women that were successful in careers get a lot of help along the way. And so I was not shy or bashful about asking for help. And as a matter of fact, my grandmother came to live with me when my first son was born. And that made all the difference in our lives. Oh, I bet. I mean, she would be there when we worked late. She would be there when we traveled. And it's nothing like having someone at home with your kids that loves them as much as you do. And so my granny was a big influence. You know, I think of Michelle Obama. She did the same thing, right? Having her mother there. And she attributes so much to her. I'm a stepmom as well as a mom. And I remember this happened very early in my life and my marriage. It was Nicole who's still so close to me. She was four years old. And I remember saying to her natural mom that I'll never be her mom. I'll never step in. But the more love she has, the mm-hmm. better it is. Absolutely. Right. doesn't matter where. I mean, it's wonderful if it can come matter. from more people, right? Absolutely. And, uh, and you're right. You need that support system for your children. I think that's wonderful that your grandmother did it. Clearly, she was an influence in your mom. Absolutely. How about you, Michelle? Who influenced you as you were growing up? Well, certainly... A tribute to my mom, God rest her soul, um, because she modulated her career based on what we as children needed. So she was a professional, full-time professional, um, worked at IBM when she first got out of school and actually back up to make sure that my father finished law school. She got a job as the, as the dean of the School of Dentistry's secretary so that she could watch him pass by and make sure that he got to <laughs> he got school. Because they were college sweethearts. And she was Aww. like, I'm not marrying you until you get your law degree. And she made sure 
that Daddy made what got through. Um, he was brilliant, but could be a little on the sleepy mm-hmm. side. So um, <laughs> that she she worked before we were born, and then she didn't work at all, and then she started substitute teaching as we went back to school, and then she went back and got her master's degree, mm-hmm. and then she entered the school system, but because she could have the summers off and be off when we were off. And then she became and worked full time and and just ascended. And I appreciated that because we knew we always had support when it was needed. And I did the same for my children in terms of um, I worked my tushy off so that I was promoted from assistant professor at Johns Hopkins University to associate professor, which was the first woman on our department, the history of our department to be promoted from assistant to associate. Mm. And the uh, first black female in the history of the School of Public Health at Johns Hopkins. And I loved my job. I loved my job. But then I fell in in love. (laughs) Wah, wah, wah. And he lived in L.A. and I lived in Baltimore and he made much more money and refused to move to Baltimore. Baltimore. So I doesn't sound like the hotspot, Baltimore. I don't know. Well, you know, for academia, for mental health, Johns Hopkins, I mean, it's the pinnacle. Yes. So um, I thought I would be able to do both, that I would be able to continue because I had millions of dollars in research grants Mm -hmm. from the National Institutes of Health. Uh, I was doing so well. And there also had been a male faculty member who did not live in the state and he would fly in periodically. So it was was manageable. There There was was, a precedent and my department was supportive of it. So I would fly in. I would fly in frequently, take the red eye, go straight from the airport to the office. And I made it work. But I was married to someone who did not support that. Mm. So lip service was, sure, ah, yeah, keep it up. In practicality, not. So I um, let that atrophy to an an extent. I actually hired my ex-sister-in-law to run my projects because I could trust her. I could still have them go on, but um, some atrophy. But with that, increased my hands-on time with my children and volunteered. And when you volunteer, it's still work. Mm -hmm. It's work that's unpaid. But I think for us women, what helps is that you can, you're better at setting parameters. No, I cannot do that. I have X amount of hours. I will not go beyond that. I have to be done before my kids are done. So that helped. And I gained more skills in different areas that allowed me to build confidence and competence so that I tried new things. So Mm -hmm. I ran for an elected office, a quasi-governmental office in in the neighborhood council system. So I'm vice president of a board of that. I'm now, um, I I started back at my work at at UCLA. So I have grants now and I have um, been writing papers and submitting manuscripts and and doing the things that I was meant to do the whole time, but had taken a pause. And I think that's important for us women, especially to know when to pause. We work for... 40, 50, 60 years, and you have to realize that we have to ebb and flow with what's important. And I always said it, it to help other people become healthy, but to sacrifice my own family is not a price I'm willing to pay. Smart. So that's what I've, I've been able to do. And now I'm, uh, I'm just now being uh, the board chair for the board of trustees for Marymount High School, which has a eight-figure 
annual operating That's budget. Right. So it's amazing. Thank it's you. a great school. Well, congratulations. A couple of points you've made for our listeners. As women, we tend to take it all on ourselves, yes. right? And we feel like we can do it all, when in reality, it can deplete our energy and make us less of the vibrant, thriving person we want to be for ourselves and our families. So we have to create boundaries. But I think the other point you made uh, that I'd like to just underscore is volunteer work can actually give you skills. I've yes. had quite a few women come to me after they've taken time off with their children. And how do I get back into the workforce? Digital is everything. Social media. How can I possibly? And I talk, I asked them to speak. What did you do? And tell me about the volunteer work. Yes. Oh, so you led that group. So you raised that money. So you put on that event. Correct. And you start to identify what those skill sets are, right? And women need to do that for themselves yes. and for each other. It's yes. always good to have a good friend who sees in you what you're capable of. I joke because Betsy is the one who said, Renee, you're one of the leading ad agencies in Los Angeles led by a woman. Why aren't you talking about that? Well, she's right. And yeah, I never had you used are. it. Yes, right, right. I love so, that. But you've got to sometimes do it for each other. Right. Absolutely. Now, Janita, I have to ask, how do you know Michelle and, and uh Michelle and I have known each other. Is it 18 years? Oh, jeez. So I know. Her oldest daughter and my youngest son went to kindergarten together. And she was pregnant with her second child when I met her. And was at a school. And we've just become fast friends. And we've been good friends ever since. Yes. I love it. I love it that you're connected like that. And I should ask, Michelle, what kind of research do you do with these grants? What's your area of focus? So um, trauma, I specialize in anxiety disorders and trauma prevention. And uh, so for years I was doing community violence and its emotional uh, and, and academic and uh, substance use impact on kids yeah. and their families. Uh, and I've transitioned to sexual and reproductive health and its impact on mental health. So the integration of sexual, reproductive, and mental health. Mm-hmm. And that's what I have the current grant on. Uh, we have an intervention to teach sexual and reproductive health as a because of the myriad impacts on mental health absolutely that took a huge hit in in Mm -hmm. the pandemic when you talk about it because when you talk about uh, quality of life and feeling fulfillment I think we neglect it too long, too much. We focus on a certain age group, right? But it is across the lifespan, really, that's impacted by sexual and reproductive health, and certainly it's in the news and politicized. Let's talk more highly. about that in our next segment. Super. I think that anxiety is also something I want to cover because a lot of us have anxiety issues, and it's now okay to talk about those, and that's important for people yes. to admit these things. I want to talk about advice from both of you for people who are feeling that kind of pressure. You're listening to the Dr. Renee Frazier show, Why Women. This is Renee Frazier. We're going to continue to talk with these wonderful women about tips and success strategies for how to deal with all the pressure we cope with, especially the anxiety of today. You'll be listening to News and Traffic on 790 AM, but stay tuned. Welcome back to the Dr. Renee Frazier Show, Why Women. We're talking about two amazing women today. We're talking with them about how they manage through life and how their success has led to greater success. And now they're sharing those tips with others. I'm going to turn first to Danita Willoughby. Danita has this company she just began called Big Energy Group, motivational speaking and inspirational work. Uh, Danita has a strong background in terms of business and career, but also knows how to share those 
those insights. I think so many of us are rushing around, we forget, and we just let the anxiety that we live with be a part of our lives. What do you recommend people do to deal with that, Janita? I think time management becomes really important because we have a limited amount of time and we have so much to do. And so I try to be very intentional when I wake up every morning about how I'm going to spend the hours in the day. And I remember back, um, I read a book by Stephen Covey called First Things First. And it has you list the things that you do on a daily basis. And then on the right side, it says, what are the things that are most important to you? And so family, health, you know, spending quality time with your friends and neighbors, uh, going to church, uh, spending time with your kids, right? And then you look at that left side and it's like, what did you do? Well, I was doing emails and Zoom calls and yes. And then it's like the day is watching television, Facebook, and it's and you have to find a way to sync those two, reconcile those two columns. And so one of my sayings uh, that I like to reflect upon is plan your work and then work your plan. So just being very intentional about your day helps. And then realizing what's most important. So I'm learning that sleep is very important and the relationship sleep has with overall health, with obesity, with your mental health. And so getting a good good night's rest is very important. Also meditation, waking up in the morning, meditating, you know, quieting your mind, breathing, that becomes very important. Intentional, being intentional every single day about your decisions and not just kind of flying through life, but being very intentional with your time. And if you find yourself in toxic relationships, reevaluate that and, and move on, right? Your diet is very important. During the pandemic, I started juicing mm-hmm. and I'm learning all the benefits of juicing and juicing celery. And so um, that's a big thing. I even have my son drinking celery wow. juice, right? Wow, <laughs> wow. Right. Nice. Really? impressed. Yes. <laughs> what do you add to it? Nothing. 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 It actually doesn't taste bad, but it doesn't necessarily taste good. <laughs> but I look at it as a beauty elixir when I'm drinking it. Uh-huh. Um, and my husband drinks it too. So, I mean, it's try it. Oh, I will. You'll see the I benefits will. of it. Yeah. Give it like three or four weeks and you're like, okay, I'm hooked on celery <laughs> juice. Um, the other thing, practicing gratitude. I think when we're having bad days, if you could just pause and be grateful for the blessings that you do have in your life. It gives you a different outlook and different perspective. And then exercise is really good. I try to exercise at least four to five times a week. And that just gives me those endorphins. It makes me feel good. Um, And then. Resilience, I think. Absolutely. Resilience. Um, You know, I've had a lot of challenges. Um, A while ago, what, 10? I can't remember how many years ago. I lost my job at AT AT&T. It was a corporate downsizing. And that was devastating to me. I went home. My ego was bruised. And I had to bounce back. And I did. Um, But then last year, I lost my son. And I'll tell you, those were some dark days and some dark times. But I told myself through it, I'm going to get to the other side. And we got to the other side. But Mm. I have to tell you, I'm so grateful for People like Michelle, who are such a strong part of my village that helped lift us up and show us light during those times. So people do experience dark days, dark times. Know that life is hard. Yes. Life throws you right. some some bad cards. And it's not your fault. You it know? It's not it's, your it's, fault. Life just throws you bad cards. and you. But there is light at the end. You there just is have to light know at that. the tunnel. Mm-hmm. And when Michael passed away, I was... 
I found a way to celebrate the good times that we had. I had them for 26. Those are 26 of the mm-hmm. best years of my life, right? I bet, yeah. And um, to keep looking forward and just try to just put one foot in front of the other and find a way to smile and find a way to choose happy and thank God for the blessings that you still have. I love that. Yes. I, I'm very touched by it. and uh, It was tough, though. Yeah, very hard, very hard. And I know he's still in your life, in your Absolutely. mind, in your heart all the time. All and, the time. Yeah, and grateful for the times that you had. I know, Michelle, you've you've uh, studied some of this in terms of how people deal with anxiety, not necessarily such serious issues sure. and depression. You didn't really go into depression, Danita, I don't think. You, no, you stayed. I wouldn't say I was depressed. Um, I was obviously sad. I grieved, yeah. cried. Yes. Um, but I kept looking forward and that helped. And so two things, this, that attitude of gratitude, just, I was a mom. I I had a beautiful, smart, kind son and I still have a son, right? Right. And so just being grateful for that. I have a husband that I love very much. I have a great career. I have wonderful friends and colleagues. And so, no, I didn't step into a depression. Um, but if I find myself getting sad, I talk to myself and I go, okay, yeah, you got to lift yourself up, good. right? I do um, the same thing. I say, this is, things will be fine. Absolutely. And I remind myself, I have six grandchildren. Oh my, so my when my I'm way. sad, I visualize each one of them and what I think they're doing at the moment or oh. what I saw them last. And it just fills me with lightness and happiness. Yes. Takes your mind away from the negative place. And it's, a, it's an opportunity to just relish and stay with it. Stay yes. with all six. You're case. saving yourself in that moment because what I tell folks is that don't wait for somebody to ride in on a horse and save you. Mm-hmm. You got to save yourself. And so you have found a tool and technique uh, to save yourself. And that's wonderful. And that's what we all need to do. We really all need do. to do yes. that. Michelle, what about you? Yeah, um, I think those are excellent strategies. Um, the visualization, the gratitude journal, mm-hmm. um, the cup half full. Yes. Sometimes people are in such dark places that they can't even see a cup, let alone um, recognize that there's some fullness to it. And sometimes you need external involvement Mm -hmm. to help you to see the light. Now, the beautiful thing is in, in, in part of the earlier part of the show, Danita acknowledged her ability to ask for help to identify those who might have skill sets or, or information or can assist or mentor and go f- towards that. Other people don't have that gift. Um, I know I was always thinking, I need to know that information. I should know that. Let me go back and do whatever diligent research I need to do and then come back and, and let everyone know that I've got it and I've got it covered. That imposter syndrome would mm-hmm. hit time and time again. And my, my recourse with that was just to do more work, research, study, education. But, um, and, and I would be criticized because I didn't ask for help or I didn't mm-hmm. admit that I didn't know anything. Um, so sometimes when you have that as your coping strategy that, oh, it must fall on me, I must do more, that you get the case of the shoulds, I should be doing this, why aren't you doing that, beating yourself up kind of mentality. And what I have to often do with people I work with is to say, wait a second, stop. Take note 
of how you're speaking to yourself because you admitted talking to yourself, mm-hmm. you know, people and, and that's the strength. We all do it. But do you know what you're saying? Mm-hmm. And some of those automatic thoughts, some of those that we have the scripts that we give ourselves, some are uplifting like you, Renee, and like mm-hmm. you, Danita. Some people have a negative script that they're running with right. themselves. Right. Oh, you idiot. You should know that. Why would you let that happen? That yes. was dumb. You're, again, you've done it again. What's yes. wrong with you? What's what wrong are with you? you? Right. Yes. And and so I say put the brakes on it. At least start to, to to do an assessment. Okay, what are you saying to yourself? If you could if you had to project your thoughts so that other people could hear them, what would they think? Would they think, "Oh, how kind you speak speak to yourself?" Right. Or, "Oh my gosh, why are you talking to yourself that way? <laughs> right, right. So take note and turn it into supportive, uplifting thoughts, things that you would tell yourself, tell your best girlfriend, right. messaging that way. Be kind to yourself and start to dig yourself out. Another thing is action helps combat anxiety. A lot of times people are anxious. They they are obsessing about things or, or rolling, rolling thoughts in their heads and playing out scenarios. What if? Well, if then. And then, and you're doing all this tremendous amount of energy consuming thinking, mm-hmm. but you're taking no action. Exactly. There's nothing. So you have to move it from your head and into some kind of visual, visible, tangible action because it is the action, whether it succeeds or fails. You can be proud of yourself because you Absolutely. try. And I, fail, F-A-I-L, is first attempt and, uh, in learning. Right. First so, attempt. Right. And so you, you, you can be proud of it. It's the effort, not the, not the result. Exactly right. I think you're right. And, of course, we know in life that's true, right? It's the journey and the effort that's, that counts. And I, I love this idea of being more conscious of talking to yourself, yes. what yes. it is, making sure it's positive affirmations. My dad taught me that. He Very would good. put up signs on the mirror uh, to, you know, you're strong. You're going to do well today. And he would rehearse in front of the mirror. And so I learned. And those that things matter. They, they do. do. And I think. I think even stepping back, how you speak to yourself, the most important relationship we have, especially as women, is the relationship we have with ourselves. Correct. And we have to be good to ourselves. We have to nurture ourselves. We have to take care of ourselves. Mm-hmm. And it, well, I think once you get that, then you can start to project that positive energy, positive voice, and then turn that into action, that becomes very powerful. I love it, Danita. No wonder you've got your wonderful company. I think that's great. The big energy group. She's already showing us the energy. Exactly. We're going to have to wrap up this session. We'll come back in just a few minutes. You're listening to the Dr. Renee Frazier Show, Why Women and Why Women Are Great and How We Can Be Even Greater is what we're talking about. In the next segment, we're going to talk a little bit about leadership and success. Both the These women are strong leaders. I'd love for them to give some of the secrets to their success and then also talk about how they define success in their lives. That's something we all need to think about. So stay tuned. You'll be listening to traffic and news, but you'll be right back on the Dr. Renee Frazier Show, Why Women on 790 KABC. Welcome back. 
This is the Dr. Renee Frazier Show, Why Women, and we're talking about how women can be stronger through these difficult times we live in. I've got two wonderful guests, Michelle Cooley-Strickland, who is a psychologist with an amazing level of studies and, and insights, and Anita Willoughby, head of Big Energy Group, inspirational leader. Let's talk uh, first about leadership, and then we're going to talk about how we define success. Uh, Danita, you've been a leader in different organizations. She was also the head of the Chamber of Commerce here in Los Angeles, one of the largest chambers in the United States, and played a pivotal role as they went became more visible and certainly played an important role during the pandemic period. Uh, tell us about your leadership experience and what advice you would give. Thank you, Renee. Leadership advice. Gosh, I've got so much leadership advice because I've, I've experienced a lot in my career. Um, but the, the most important things I would say, especially as it relates to women, is that we as women, we lead differently, which I think is great because I think we need more women leaders uh, in key critical roles because we bring a different perspective. We bring a different set of ideas. Um and the most important thing I think we as women do is that we tend to be more collaborative and understanding the important contributions of everyone at the table. And so when we talk about a more inclusive society, it's not just about having women at the table, having different people perspectives at the table, but making people feel heard and included. And so throughout my career, I've always tried to really focus on the people um, and bring people along with me as I ascended into different roles and responsibilities. And so I've enjoyed that. The other thing that I would say is really important is making sure that you we said earlier, ask for help. So I've had really great mentors and coaches that have given me great candid guidance of you talk too much, you need to listen more, right? Mm -hmm. Or you've been in this job too long, it's time to do something differently. Mm -hmm. And so having people that I could really look to and rely on has been very has been very instrumental um, in my career. Also surrounding yourself with people that support you. Um, and, and knowing who those people are and, and taking time to express appreciation mm -hmm. uh, and gratitude for those people as you go through your professional life. Um, and it's also important to make sure that you're giving back. And so I had full-time jobs, but I also wanted to be very active in our community, and, and that's very fulfilling. So I was on the chamber board, as you mentioned, as the chair in 2020, but I also sit on two other boards that I'm very active in, and that's Vision to Learn, which gives away free eyeglasses uh, and eye screenings to uh, children across the U.S. We started here in L.A., actually wrote the business plan. Yeah. And we're now in 15 um, states in Washington, D.C., and we've served over 2 million children. So I'm really proud Wonderful. of that. Wonderful. Wow. And then also United L.A. is another nonprofit organization that I was the chair of the board for. We do workforce development. And um, they are partnering with my client, Avantis, and we're building a clean tech career academy. So I think leadership matters. I think... Leadership is a way to leave a legacy. Mm -hmm. uh, leadership is a way to help develop others as well as help other people live a better life. And so I'm a student of leadership <laughs> and um, I'm really focused on that with Big Energy Group as well. That's wonderful. We're always learning to lead better and lead differently. Yes. And I think we have to also respond to the times. I know in my case with uh, 26 people, they're all remote. Mm -hmm. So leading a group and creating a culture is really it's an different. online experience. We do events, but that's, you know, once or twice a month at the most. So you've got to be able to show gratitude, express appreciation uh, over and over and over again. You know, it's one thing when you could walk down the hall and make sure you said something nice to everyone. 
everyone mm-hmm. uh, because it was casual and, and very informal. But now you have to find open ways to do it, right? Yeah. And, well, and personal ways, of course, with notes and things. Yeah. I was going to say one secret that I discovered early on is just the power of a handwritten thank you note. Yes. And I would write them oftentimes. And when I would go around the buildings, I was so surprised that people would save those notes and pin them up. And even if I travel sometimes to a friend's house, they'll have my thank you note yes. that I sent them years ago. Oh. So I say, you know, we've gotten away from that with email and text, but it's still very powerful. Still is very yes. powerful. And I have to say, when I'm interviewing people for jobs, getting a hand Handwritten notes yes. means a lot. Obviously, an email response is kind of expected, but yes. handwritten notes make a difference. Well, what about you, Michelle? What do you, what's your advice on the leadership front? It's connection. It's knowing who is undergirding you and where you want to go. Mm-hmm. Because if you know the people who you're reliant on to make you as successful as possible— You have to understand their lives, what's important to them, what motivates them. I think one of the errors that that some leaders make is to have a position and and put a person in the position because they would like them there as opposed to matching that person's skills and interests and passions Mm -hmm. with the correct position. And when there's a there's a there's a when that's um, fit perfectly you have a really successful recipe mm-hmm. um, but when when you don't match that I think that's when you have a problem I think providing under when you do understand the team that undergirds you you know what's important to them and so you can help them grow and I always believe that if I do my job best as a leader then people in my team are going to leave me mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I always say I, I I have no problem with you leaving to something better. Yes. And that's part of my job as a, a leader to inspire, whether they're people I work directly with or they're people who I contact. And it's the same thing in, 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 in speaking and engaging to try to inspire, provide every opportunity to inspire others. Because if everyone is working towards something even better, that means that your whole system is being successful. It'll all improve, right? All the boats rise. I think you're also, um, you're pointing out the fact that you want to see the strength in each person. Yes. Yes. And really reinforce it. Let them know you see it. Uh, You know, I was at an event recently and I mentioned how I have, you know, one-on-one time with my employees and take on a lot of the personal issues. Mm -hmm. One of the men said, well, I'm sure they're very grateful that you spent your time with them. And I never thought about it that way. And I I suppose that's right. But I truly do it out of genuine wanting to learn what's going to make them better and stronger. What do they want out of this job? What is their growth path, right? Right. So that, as you just said, we're matching their skill set with their desires. Because you don't want to keep people down. And in life, when when we look back, think of all the people. They're like little seeds that maybe we got planted and they're growing and they're doing other things. And it's very worthwhile right because that's it's that's the legacy you right. leave behind and right. you'll keep your employees because you care about them mm-hmm. right yeah. yeah and when you interview people and you ask them about their best bosses what they will tell you is their best boss cared about them that's they were right. invested yeah. in their future that's right that's why most people leave it's not money as to be yeah. not being acknowledged yeah and, their boss yeah <laughs> and i do think women uh, are much more uh, willing to go there now yes. we know emotional intelligence men and women have learned the importance of that but i think with yes. women it very often comes naturally we have about uh, five minutes left so yes. let's talk about success how do you define success and have you found it in your life 
So, Janita, you want to go first? Absolutely. I love talking about happy, right? And for me, success is about being happy both personally, professionally, and just having your heart full of joy. And so I think about happiness being with family and friends. And so I'm so excited to be here with you, Renee and Michelle today. Um, having a career that's fulfilling where you're always learning and growing. Um, and then having purpose in your life. And so I've, my purpose is, is helping others. And I enjoy that purpose. I pursue that purpose and I pursue it relentlessly. And I try to bring my A game to it all the time. No, you do. You do, Janina. I know you describe those nonprofits that you do, which is great. And seeing them grow under your leadership, that's fantastic. I'm so impressed. How about you, Michelle? What, how do you define success? Well, it, it has uh, changed over time. Um, because when I was younger, it would be I'd had to hit these. I had to be the first to finish my dissertation. I had to be the first to um, get my acceptance to my postdoctoral training. I had to be the first to hit, you know, all of these, um, the first to get my first grant. Uh, it was all of these having to do mm -hmm. with external um, achievements. And then I was ready to have a baby. And that did not happen. We spend so many years trying not to get pregnant, and then <laughs> you know, and and then it's just like okay, so I I I'm I'm on the right track. My work is instead I I got the husband. All right, now I can have a baby, and it didn't come. So it, it, that was the first time when I really actually set my mind to something, and it did not happen. Oh boy! So having to deal with that was an issue. Um, and as you know, the, the Danita gave the story away. I have two healthy, beautiful children. Yes. Um, Today, it is more about honoring God, honoring my parents, mm -hmm. honoring myself, and honoring my community. And so those are what I make decisions about. Are those achievable? What am I doing every day to check off those, those boxes? And it brings a sense of fulfillment. We talk about the journey. It's not the destination. It is the journey. Mm -hmm. And every day, taking an assessment of, okay, what am I going to achieve? I'm the queen of making lists. Yes. I, have, I buy three and a half by five index cards <coughs> uh -huh. and write lists every day. I have my phone. I have my calendars. I have every, But to see it and the, to the euphoria because of crossing that. Yes. Woo. Got it done. Um, but it has to serve. It has to serve, and that's in deciding to say yes or no to things. Yes. It has to make, you know, the God, the, my, my parents and my, and my parents are in heaven. Yes. But to choose to honor, which is different from obey, uh -huh. it is to honor them. Mm -hmm. And, you know, ancestry is very important to me and legacy. Uh, and so success for that has to serve those, those, those domains. I love that. I, what I'm hearing you say as we wrap up is that success is in, in the moment with you. It doesn't have to be a goal. Right. Mm -hmm. Uh, for many of us when we were young, you're absolutely make yeah. a certain amount of money, get a certain title, et cetera. But it, 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 that's a wonderful thing at the end of the day to say, I had fun today. I had joy. Mm -hmm. I had success. We don't usually label it as success, but mm -hmm. if we've accomplished what our goals and our values are, which is, I think, how we started, right? That list yeah. that you mentioned. What a great show. Thank you both Thank for you. being on the show. I've really My enjoyed pleasure. it. We've had Michelle Cooley Strickland, a psychologist and a research scientist from UCLA School of Med, and Anita Willoughby, who started her new firm.
firm, which I want all of us to know about, got to go you. to the website, bigenergygroup.com. Thank you both. And thank you, listeners. You've been hearing from Renee Frazier on the Dr. Renee Frazier Show. Why women? I hope you've taken away some seeds of wisdom and some inspiration. And try to define success in the day you live, in the moments that you live. Find joy in every moment and some adventure in life. Thank you for listening. You can find this and other podcasts on the FraserCommunications.com website, and you can also learn more about the work we do. Thank you for listening. This is Renee Frazier. Have a wonderful week ahead.